Hello and welcome to Season 4, Episode 7 of the Sajid Photography Podcast. My name is Jason Teal, and today I am still beaming from that interview with Lee Kelly, and I'm going to abruptly switch and go inside my head a little bit and talk about my recent trip back to Canada and how that sort of relates to my life in Korea photographically. You know, that's what you're here for, I believe. You're here listening to the Sajan Photography Podcast for all things related to photography in Korea. So that's what we're going to do. But any way that we can sort of relate it back to our personal lives, as most of us are expats here, so we, we do sort of bridge that gap between where we're from and where we're living. And I think like that photographically has an interesting... I don't know what you would call it, like effect on at least my creative juices. And that's what I kind of really want to talk about today. The main thing I struggle with with going back home is basically trying to find what I want to shoot. Because one of the things I've noticed is that if you look at my recent work, it's usually a lot to do with cityscapes or seascapes or traditional Korean structures. And going back home, it's nothing like that. It's the Canadian prairies. and one of the things I struggle with is really just finding a subject to photograph. And a lot of times that's giving me uh, or leading me to the open fields surrounding Brandon, Manitoba, where I'm from. And that is great, but it's also kind of lacking an interest, at least in my mind anyway. And that is a huge struggle for me when I go back home because I do find myself burning up gas, driving through the country roads just trying to find something to photograph. And the past year, I've been trying to figure out what I want to shoot when I do go home. And I settled on the grain elevators, the old ones that are quickly disappearing. But the problem I had was this. Distances in Canada are far greater than they are in Korea. So that means if I drive an hour in Korea... From Ulsan, I will wind up in Busan. If I drive two hours, I'll end up in Daegu. Major centers, major cities. There is a ton of stuff jammed into this little country. However, Canada is not like that. And especially in the prairies, I can drive two hours and end up in the middle of nowhere. And that's where I sort of struggled because when we're back home, I don't really have my own vehicle. I have my mother's vehicle and I don't really want to take it for the whole day. So going out to places like Elgin, Manitoba population, like 250 people to shoot a grain elevator at, you know, six in the morning wasn't really in the cards this past trip, though someday I do want to go back and travel around the prairies in Saskatchewan and in Manitoba and just find these old buildings because the structures, as I said, are, are quickly disappearing. My go-to one in Forest, Manitoba, just outside of Brandon, has now been demolished, which I, I don't know why. Like, I mean, they're iconic structures in the prairies. Maybe it's a safety issue. I don't know. But anyway, that one is gone. Thankfully, I do have a number of photographs to, uh, you know, carry on the legacy, I guess, for that place. But other areas, yeah, I really struggle to find these granny elevators. Now, my next go-to thing is usually driving up to the park and getting, you know, Clear Lake and Wasagaming, that area. But I don't know what happened this time around. I just wasn't really 
finding the right mood per se, but it was nice just going up there. For me, I spent a lot of summers in the lake region up at uh, Riding Mountain National Park. And part of me just wants to document that. But this time around, you know, to kind of channel in that um, Walter Mitty scene where you just have to experience the moment or whatever thing that was when he meets up with Sean Penn in the movie. I think I, I just was much rather being walking around there in person than trying to get a good shot. So I did crack off a few, but it wasn't like I was getting, you know, worthwhile shots. So that, that was a big factor. But the, one of the things I noticed with photographing Canada, there's a couple of things that were vastly different. And one of the things was it was open spaces. And I, I joked with my wife when I was there about how inevitably when I'm photographing in Korea, someone will approach me or someone just out of the blue will walk stand in front of my camera and take a picture blocking the lens. And as, as ridiculous as this sounds, I will tell you a story that happened just a couple of weeks ago when I was out in um, Ilsan Beach just photographing the, the morning sunrise. So beach, 6.30 in the morning, well, probably earlier than that, let's say like quarter to six, something like that. On a random day, I am popped out with my tripod aimed towards the ocean, getting some shots. And then out of the corner of my eye, I'm watching this guy collect rocks, mutter to himself, throw the rocks down, walk a few steps, pick up some more rocks, mutter to himself, throw them down. And when I mean throw them down, it's like, you know, he picks up something and I guess it's not to his liking. So he's like, ah, like, it's not like just dropping and moving on. Like he is like thumping these things down. I'm watching this out of the corner of my eye as he gets closer and closer and closer. And so finally he gets like right, like two feet from my camera. So I just, you know, calmly said like, I just see, uh, and he's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. So he just walks past. But that's the thing. This is six in the morning on a beach, but there'll be people there that will approach you that will, you know, check out what you're doing in Canada. When I would get up in the morning and I would go out, you know, even just for a walk or get some photos in the country, it is silent. It is devoid of human life. And it was this weird feeling. And I remembered going back to when I was at home, you know, after my father's funeral, and I was just trying to clear my head. And it was this, this weird feeling, you know, especially back then when it was the wintertime, there was nobody, like not even a car. And that was an odd feeling to me. And it was kind of comforting because you know that no one's going to, yeah, just drive up and get in front of your camera. But also too, like it was just this weird feeling of like, you know, nobody is around. And, you know, sure, there's probably people way off in their houses or on the highway, you know, a few miles away. But still, it's, it's, it is a weird feeling. So that was the first thing that sort of the major differences. The other thing was, is that I do find that there's a little bit of a distrust of a photographer. Like I've, I've never had this recently, but when I was living in Canada many moons ago, I did have a few encounters where you're out photographing and someone will pull up that had saw you previous and they're like two steps away from calling the police. 
it's this whole thing of like, well, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just, I'm just taking a picture. Why are you taking a picture here? Uh, well, because it's, uh, it's a nice view. Well, do you know who, who owns this land? No, but I'm not actually on the land. I'm, I'm just on the side of the road. And I, I had this a couple of encounters uh, years ago, as I said, but it was a really odd interaction because a couple of times, like the, the people weren't even the landowner. Like I would fully understand if it was the landowner, like, hey, uh, you know, you should, you should call me. And I'm very respective because as I said, like I grew up as a kid in a hunting family. So we always asked permission if we needed to go on somebody's property to, to track down an animal or something like that. I don't enter people's property. I'm very respective of the fence lines and the, and the crops and you name it. And even more so because, you know, I also worked for Manitoba Hydro. So we, we skirted along the fence line. And if we had to enter a property, we'd go and ask permission. Like I know the protocol, but there was this overwhelming mistrust I found with just the average person taking a picture. Whereas in Korea, it's the exact opposite, where it's more of a curiosity. Like they'll come up and be like, oh, what are you taking a picture of? And you're like, oh, I'm, I'm just taking a picture of the moon. And they'll look and, oh, oh, I didn't even notice that. And then they'll, they'll you know, take out their phone cameras and take a picture. Or as I've had a number of times, you know, the guy will be wanting to introduce himself like, oh, you're a photographer. I'm a photographer too. Here's my card. You know, that sort of thing. So there, there is a little bit of um, a difference there, like just in the motives or or the interactions that I've had with people. And I think like that has to do with a lot of the state of affairs in Canada. Like going back recently, there was a reverse culture shock, especially with how COVID was handled and a lot of things like that. And I don't want to get too political, but like a good example of like the differences that I saw was with like the apps. So when you're flying and this was August, 2022, so things have great, you know, you had to download the arrive can app to get into Canada. And to do so, you had to register your vaccine information and whatnot. And that was a fairly painless thing. It took like two seconds to like upload and scan your passport and stuff. And it really helped to get into Canada because all the years before it was like this process of, you know, you, you get off this 11 hour flight, you're groggy, your brain is mush. And then you've got to answer these inane questions. Like, why are you here? Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a Canadian passport holder. I'm, I'm coming home. What's the purpose of your travel to go home? Uh, yeah, just I want to visit family. Okay. And now you don't even stop. You don't even break pace. It's like you scan your passport, you, you do the thing with the app, and you're done. But so many people were losing their shit over this app that like it was unconstitutional against human rights to, to fill out an app with information that they already have. Like... Yeah, maybe it's redundant, but who cares? Whereas on the Korean side, it was a pain in the ass to get back. We had to get tested twice, so you had to get a, uh, you know, like a PCR or rat test before you got on the plane, and a day after you got off the plane, you had to get a PCR test, and you also had to fill out a number of forms online, and then you got to go through, you know, immigration. 
but I didn't see nearly as much complaint. Like no one's saying, oh my God, it's a human rights issue. Like, yeah, some people said, wow, it's annoying, redundant. You know, how can I, why, you know, why would I have to get tested before and after? Like, is, is there something wrong with the plane that I'm going to get COVID from? And that's that. But it wasn't like the level of bitching and moaning was quite low compared to what I saw in Canada. And that's sort of what I saw, like with the distrust and all of this, like there's this suspicion, I think at times, and I, I'm not sure if I touched on it with like the drone stuff, but that, that also goes, goes along with it where people were generally mistrustful of a person operating a drone. Like really, I don't want to photograph you. I don't give a shit about you. I, I just want to photograph a landscape or a lake, but it was suddenly it became like spyware. People could use it to monitor you. And again, it, it's a lot of tinfoil hat bullshit, but again, like that, that was one of the main differences. The other thing about photographing Canada, which I really appreciated was just the amount of open space. You know, I said like it was devoid of people, but also to like, there's enough space that you can just sort of breathe a little bit. And that's the, that's the positive side because the downside of photographing in Korea is if you go anywhere popular and yeah, it gets like this in North America too. If you go to like some of the grand Canyon type places, but if you're just out photographing a, a cool spot, you're not going to run into anybody, maybe one or two people, if that, but in Korea, like I've gotten up to to go to random places that I've seen on Instagram or something, and they will be shitloads of people. And I still remember going out to a local spot here in Ulsan where it's like a, the, a sunrise location. And I get set up and literally I hear the air brakes pop and then the door open. And there was two full buses of photographers unloading off this bus to photograph the exact same scene. And I've got some shots of it and they just like lined up and it was crazy. But that's what you deal with when you're photographing in Korea. There's just so many photographers here that, you know, whatever club has decided to go to that location, that's what you do. So at any rate, that's kind of my thoughts on the differences, but really and truthfully, like I did enjoy photographing in Canada. It was a nice break, but I just enjoyed being in Canada. And I think like that was kind of, again, like going back to that reverse culture thought shock thing where you've, or I've lived in Korea for so long that you sort of get used to, you know, the bunches of photographers, the traffic. So you've got to plan accordingly, but also the conveniences of, you know, just getting your, uh, coffee in the morning and then hammering it out onto the expressway where you're not really out in the wilderness or you're not really worried about getting jumped, stabbed, shot, beaten, clubbed, and robbed of all your gear, as could possibly happen in some parts of Canada. It's just not a thought in Korea. So that's kind of the main thing here is like where I live, it's way out in the prairies. So yeah, I don't think I'm going to get uh, you know, jumped by a roaming gang of pirates or something like that. But in the same sense is that, you know, I could encounter bears and whatnot. And for me, it's, it adds a little bit of excitement, but also 
as I said before, like I'm really struggling with the content. Like I, I, every time I come home, I just really struggle with finding something beyond like, Hey, this is a field at sunrise and here's a field at sunset. That's sort of kind of what I struggle with in, in many regards is just finding those interesting angles. And this last time, I don't really think I came away with too many amazing shots, but it's something I will say is that if you do go back home, set some time out purely for photography, because I think that's where I sort of failed. Like I was sort of juggling being at home with family, showing my wife around Canada, and then trying to squeeze in, you know, photography between meeting friends and family and all that kind of stuff. So I think if you are going to do it, or if I go back in the next few years, I'm just going to take some time purely to focus on photography of the, I don't know, the Canadian prairies and whatever that may entail. And ultimately, if I ever do go back, if I retire, I, I want to kind of drive across the country in its entirety and photograph it all through the eyes of someone who hasn't been living in Canada for the last like, you know, two to three decades or whenever I get back home. That's usually my ultimate plan because I do see the beauty in Canada. It's just at times for me, I struggle to get in that headspace because I'm so used to say, you know, looking out my window and seeing a amazing sunset coming down over the Tehua River with the buildings and the traffic and the amazing colors of not just the sunset, but the buildings and the neon lights and whatever. And then when I get home on the flat prairies, I don't have that vantage point. You know, I, I have the amazing sunset over nothing. And, and that may be a subject that some people find interesting. It's just after you've photographed it a few times, you really, you know, you get bored of it. And I do find that like photographers like my friend Colin based out of Winnipeg capture the life within Winnipeg to an amazing extent. But I really struggle with that. Like I'm, I'm not really a people person. I look at buildings and whatnot. And I just, that was the other thing. Like I, Outside of maybe the heritage buildings, like downtown Winnipeg or downtown Brandon, the old buildings, I just don't see the character that I do say if I'm walking along, you know, the Chungaechon or in different parts of Gyeongju, I, I just don't see the character. And I think that's something that I really have to work on, you know, for future visits back to Canada. So with that being said, I'm going to wrap up this ramble fest of uh, cultural notes and observations from my recent trip. And I'll just leave a note that if you are finding this podcast interesting, don't be afraid to reach out and contact me if you have any questions or whatnot. I do enjoy hearing from you and I appreciate all the support. Thank you. I'll talk to you again soon and keep on shooting.